0: So you heard from Dave Campbell, a 90% chance of mixed precipitation during the game in Ottawa on Sunday. The Eskimos visiting the Red Blacks. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Inside Sports. A little more on your Edmonton Oilers as we move along tonight, but we'll stick with football right now. And we welcome back to the show the quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks. It is Henry Burris. Henry,
2: how are you doing? Hey, doing good, Reed. Thanks for having me on the show today.
0: Yeah, good to talk to you again. Uh, how how was, uh, how was the bye week? how does How does Henry Burris spend his his bye week, getting ready for a playoff game?
2: Well, of course, uh, my week, uh, for myself and I know I can pretty much attest for all the guys that, you know, have families and stuff like that. You try to separate yourself from the game and, and and not even really talk about football much and, and put it and invest that time back into your, your family that, you know, you, you, you take so much time away from, you sacrifice time away from, you know, uh, going out, doing your job, doing what you can to help win games. But, you know, when you fought so hard all year and you earn that coveted bye week, especially towards the, uh, Final in your uh, respected division, you know. You try to for myself. I, you know, I just look forward to spending time with Nicole, my wife, and, and our two boys, Armand and Baron, and supporting them in all their endeavors you know especially with school activities and of course you know hockey reigns supreme in canada and hockey keeps these kids busy seven days a week so it was good to like you said put that time in there still work out get in the gym and do the things it would take to you know get your body even healthier and get that spring back in yourself in your step looking forward to uh you know the, the eastern uh, final
0: okay so you're a hockey dad
2: yeah, yeah, I'm a glorified hockey dad, and uh, as as long as it took for me to accept it, you know what? Uh, you know, I am Canadian now, so uh, I, you know I'm loving it. I'm loving them, enjoying their journey, uh, and just to be a part of it with them is a blessing for me because this is something new for me that I never experienced as a kid, and and to be a part of my kids' experience, they're taking my wife and I both on a new journey that you know, growing up as a kid, I never thought I'd be a part of, but I'm very thankful, and I'm really enjoying the ride of seeing these kids grow up in a game that they truly love, just as we did when we were all kids.
0: Armand and Baron, really cool names, obviously for your boys. How old are they?
2: Uh, well, Armand he's ten, and uh, Baron is seven. And uh, oh man, I tell you, Armand he plays double A hockey out here at the age of ten, and and pretty much double A is is pretty much as professional as you can get for a ten year old. And they're on the rink they're on the rink every day, pretty much, and then uh, playing about two games a week. So. Uh, trust me, they're like university students. They go to school during the day and then every night they're either on a rink and then, or they're playing somebody uh, on a rink. So it's it's busy. They're It's preparing them for life. But man, they're doing it at a young age that they love it. So you can't take passion away from people when their heart's invested into it.
0: Now, are you one of those hockey parents where you're like really vocal in the crowd or you just kind of just sit back and, you know, let the kids and the coaches do their thing?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I let the kids and the coaches do their thing. And, uh, you know he he always enjoys talking about it. With me afterwards, and one of my biggest things, just as I know any parent would contest on this, is the fact that uh, all you want to do is see your child out there, number one, having a good time, but two, just give an effort. You know, because if you have passion for something, don't go out there and waste your time. You know, give effort and things like that to, to you know, enjoy your experience the best you possibly can, to give yourself a chance to be successful. But also, you're going to learn things about what it's going to take for you to become better at what you're doing, because ultimately, when you're when you're a competitor and you're competing, you want to make sure. You're doing things you can to get better every time. So, therefore, you give yourself a better chance to be successful. And that's all I ask the kids to do. Just have fun and go out and work hard and, and just compete. And uh, that's all I ask. I, I don't yell because I wouldn't want my kids and my wife and, and, and my boys yelling at Daddy during the game. And I just want them to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: enough people that do that both for and against you, right? Oh, so...
2: <laughs> uh, and, and they're parents of the other kids. Trust me, there's a lot of parents that love to yell. It's like, well, if you're that, if you know that much, why don't you go coach? Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Henry, I, I'm curious, though. I, I mean, uh, certainly your, your boys are old enough to now, know, now to know what you do for a living, and, uh, you know, they're probably starting to understand football. I mean, probably when they were three or four, they, they knew Daddy goes and does this, and he's on TV sometimes. But I imagine now, especially with your 10-year-old, is there a deeper understanding? Do they, do they want to talk to you about your games or, you know, ask you about plays or decisions you made? Huh? Like, I'm curious about the, the football talk you might have about, your career with them.
2: Well, you know, I've, I've talked to my kids about some of the in-depth stuff that, you know, probably a lot of people wouldn't even understand, you know, because uh, I know when people see us on the field playing, you know, I don't even know if a lot of people think we're human sometimes. I mean, it's it, it, sometimes we're treated like a video game, but when I get home and talk to my kids, uh, I know my oldest uh, definitely, uh, you know, he's asked me questions about, you know, when the fans boo you, how do you feel? Does it make you sad? Or how do you feel? And, and you know, I've, I've been straight up with them and, you know, always, Tell that, you know, Daddy doesn't want to hear people booing. You always want to keep people cheering, but like some people don't understand that not every play is going to go your way. And when it doesn't go your way, uh, the thing is, it's not about booing at that point. It's like, okay, come on team, respond back. And, but I was like, even more importantly, if something ever goes wrong on the offense, it may not be Daddy's fault, but Daddy's always going to have to take the blame and that's who they're going to boo because I'm the one guy that people know on the field. So, uh, you know, it's one, it's, you know, it's a number of different things because of course as kids, when they watch film with me at home, when I'm preparing, like, for Edmonton or the number of different teams that we play, you know, I kind of walk them through the different things that take place during a football play. And when they're like, well, the guy dropped the ball, why would they boo you? And I'm just like, well, that's just how the game is. And so, you know, there's a lot of understanding, but a lot of things that they don't understand. And, And I've always told them that'll come within their experience in the game of sports because, you know, They'll be blamed for some things that was never, definitely not their fault in whatever sport they play, but that's just how the game is because you're there to entertain fans, and when fans think a certain thing is going on, you know they're going to try to, uh, I guess, either cheer or jeer the appropriate person that they thought was attached to it.
0: Yeah, well, that's an interesting perspective that you can give them for sure. Henry Burris joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Red Blacks Eskimo is going to be on 6:30. Chad coverage starting at 9:30 on Sunday morning. You know, let's to transition into in, in a, a, a storyline about about fan perception um i mean you and trevor harris both played well this season you both had uh injury troubles and uh you you know i was reading some of the ottawa articles and you know there's some fans well you know should trevor be playing should henry be playing all that kind of stuff how is how is the relationship with you and and trevor been this season and, and going into the playoffs here
2: Oh, there's no problem with us here. Uh, like, we both knew coming into this season that it would take both of us at some point to, to get this thing going. And, uh, and of course, you know, when I had my finger happen in the first game there in Edmonton and Trevor came in and did a great job. And, of course, once he got injured and then I came back a couple of weeks early and, you know, definitely my hand wasn't 100%, but I was going to give it all I could. And, and I was thankful once he came back, he was able to kind of take it back on again and give me an opportunity to get 100% healthy. But, you know, Trevor's a great guy. I mean, he, he's a guy with guy a lot of humility as well as I am and, and regardless of what the situation was, you know, I just wanted to see this team win regardless of who was on the field, but of course I want to be out there, and uh, but again, you know, with the fact that you know, I could have bitch, whined, and moaned about not being out there, being the defending MOP, and and you know, people definitely know what I'm capable of doing with my team on the field and what I can do when I'm out there, but I just had to get myself healthy, and I felt once I was able to help make that happen, get some practice time in, get back comfortable, get Rhythm, you know, things would come back together, and that was something that I didn't get opportunity to do before, you know, being, uh, you know, stepping back into the starting lineup because i had been out for a month, and so. But Trevor has been 100% supportive, right along with myself, supporting Trevor, and uh, all we want to do is see this team be successful because at some point this will be Trevor's team, and uh, and I have no problem turning it over to a guy who's like himself, who's very humble, uh, is a guy who's all about team first, willing to go the extra mile to help out guys to be successful in plays, and that's. The Type of guy, you know, if I have no problem with turning the reins over to a certain person, it's definitely a guy like Trevor. So there's definitely no problem with us, uh, you know, with things that have happened this year. And and honestly, you know, the fact is, regardless of all the injuries that we've dealt with, you know, this team has been able to achieve first place. We, I mean, of course, by hook or by crook, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, but for us to be in this position, uh, you know, uh, it definitely took you know us two working together uh, through all the adversity that we had to deal with, losing some great players on this team, and uh, still. Still being in first place and hosting the East final uh, this upcoming week. All weekend.
0: right, yeah. I, I just got one more for you, and it's 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 about an Eskimos player, uh, and it's about Mike Riley, believe it or not, who you've gone you've gone head to head with. Would you see Mike make that play he got injured on against uh, Hamilton? Um, yeah, I mean. Do you feel for the guy? Do you start to think, oh, I wonder if he's not going to play? Now does our defense have to get ready for, for Franklin? Or do you just think, you know, that's Mike. He's trying to get yard. I'm just, you know, just curious, one quarterback watching another guy make a play like that and then have to walk off the field, you know, holding his arm like that.
2: Well, yeah, you never want to see a a quarterback put himself in that position because, of course, uh, you know, when you see the result, it's always one that they're kind of like, man, you know, because the thing is I know for a quarterback, there's a two-way street. You know, do you try to get that extra yard? But also in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I'm only beneficial to my team being on the field. So there's two different trains of thought that can come into that because, you know, of course, with Edmonton being up at the time against Hamilton, uh, you know, maybe he could have just, you know, you know, went down and, and not try to get that extra yard because at the end of the day the game did uh become uh you know par at at a at a point in the game in the fourth quarter and he wasn't able to go back in. So I know it was one of those empty feelings as far as when you have to gauge when to make a play and when not to make a play. And that's some things that, you know, for some it's easier than others. And and Mike he's a he's a warrior, he's a he's a battler and a guy who's gonna go out there and give it his all. But you know, through his growth and everything he's gonna learn when to when he needs to make those plays when he doesn't need to make those plays because inevitably, regardless of how tough they say quarterbacks are, you're no good to your team when you're on the sideline. You're only better when you're out there. But as far as our defense, in our defense, it doesn't really matter because they're both great quarterbacks, and we know Jason's going to put them in positions to be successful. They got great talent around them as far as in the running game, the passing game with the receivers and the running backs, and also a great offensive line. Uh, they got talent all around them. So, you know, they know either quarterback is already a weapon back there. They both have big arms. They both can make good decisions with the football. And with a fellow quarterback calling the, calling the shots, uh, he's only going to do nothing but one thing, and that's put them in possession, positions to be successful. But from our perspective as an offense, we got to help keep those guys off the field and try to do what to take what Edmonton's defense gives us and hopefully try to keep them cold on the shelf and on the sideline. And for us, that's our recipe to success and taking care of the football.
0: Henry, it's always great to get your perspective. Thanks for sharing some stories about your, your family as well. That's, that's really cool, the relationship you have with your sons. I know my listeners will be upset if I wish you best of luck. So (laughs) I'll say thanks for your time. And uh, I know we're going to be doing this again, regardless of the outcome of the playoff games here. Thanks. Thanks so much, man.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, A great talking to you. Look forward to seeing you seeing you. talking to you next time.
0: Right on. That is Henry Burris, quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks, checking in tonight inside sports on 630. Chet, always enjoy talking to uh, Henry. Inland Bit texting into 630-630 says, Henry Burris will have a huge career as a motivational speaker, so passionate and articulate. Uh, you know, he is uh, very well-spoken, can be very emotional, at times, uh, he does, he has uh, he does have a career in TV already on the go. He does some stuff at CTV Ottawa, uh, I believe, on their morning show. Uh, you know, I know sometimes his uh, willingness to talk gets him in trouble. Remember the halftime interview he did this week where he took some shots at the TSN panel in the middle of the game? And uh, some people question why he was even thinking about that in, in the middle of a game. But I, but I think that is who he is. And uh, I think it's why some people like him and why, uh, why some people don't. Some people don't like the whole smiling Hank persona. And some people think, uh, you know, it detracts his focus from the game. He's a pretty darn good quarterback, and he's been a pretty good one for a long time. I tell you what, Matthew, we got a text. We have a, uh, a, uh, we have a poem that was texted into six thirty six thirty. A prediction in the form of a poem from Bushman Brad, who took the time to write a poem and send it into six thirty six thirty. We will get to that when we get back. Hi.
2: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chat. One of the
0: best guitar openings of all time right there. 723 Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Quick look at the scoreboard here. Early goal by Chicago. Ryan Hartman. His third of the year, they lead the Flames 1-0, nine minutes in. This is courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. The Canadians up 1-0 on the Hurricanes. Jeff Petrie with his third of the year, that is after two. Blue Jackets 3, Rangers 2, late in the third. Five minutes left in the third in Washington. Still no score between the Capitals and the Red Wings. The Penguins and the Islanders are tied 2-2 with five minutes left in the third. NBA tonight, Raptors facing the Nuggets, 19-12 for Toronto, four minutes left in the first quarter. WHL, Edmonton and Kootenai playing in Cranbrook tonight, no score, eight minutes left in the first period. Now you're up to date on the scoreboard. All right, I want to catch up on some text to 630 six I'll get to Bushman Brad's poem, but first, now I, I, I hate to admit this, Matthew, if, if if you've listened to the show at all, and, and you have no choice when you're working, at least I hope you're kind of paying attention. I, I don't watch a lot of TV. I mean, obviously, I watch sports, primarily hockey and football. Uh, when I, if I watch a TV show, I, I'm the type of guy to watch every episode, but I don't do a lot of spot watching. You know what I mean? So I watch, you know, The Walking Dead. I still watch The Simpsons. And, but I don't. I don't just. I won't just sit down and randomly watch a show. So I'm going to be very unCanadian, and I'm probably going to get booed by many of you. I have never seen an episode of Corner Gas. Never seen a single episode. Have you? I've spot watched the show. All right. So I've seen some episodes. Well, maybe you'll get this reference from this texture, unnamed texture, like Brent's dad on Corner Gas would say: "There's no if the Eskimos win, they are going to win." Jackass, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Okay. Not ringing the bell, buddy. All right. Well, anyway, there's a vote for the Eskimos. Now, here's the poem by Bushman Brad. Smiling Hank will tank. Esk shut the door. Win by four, 28-24. That's a great little poem. Beautiful. I like it. Calling it 28-24 for the green and gold. We will give our predictions coming up in the final half hour of the show. We'll also go down to Bakersfield and talk to Taylor Beck from the Condors. Did play a game for the Oilers earlier this season, but he's really been lightening it up for Bakersfield. He has a point in six consecutive games. Open line time as well, 780-496-0063. I want to play a clip from Connor McDavid and you can uh, text your CFL playoff predictions to 630-630. Remember, if you're right, we'll revisit Your prediction on Tuesday, if you're wrong, we never saw your text and it never happened. Back after the news. Thanks for tuning in tonight.
2: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chad.
0: Sammy Hagar off the Footloose soundtrack. Oh my goodness. Some people going, who? What soundtrack? First of all, the original Footloose soundtrack. With with Kenny Loggins. What else was on that soundtrack? You had obviously uh, Footloose by Kenny Loggins. You had The Girl Gets Around by Sammy Hagar. You had uh, Let's Hear It for the Boy. Was that... um, Who did that song? It wasn't Denise Williams, was it? You know, I couldn't tell you. We had uh, There was a song called Dancing in the Sheets. Uh, there was a song called Holding Out for a Hero. I think that was Bonnie Tyler. I think Kenny Loggins had another song on the soundtrack. There are eight or nine songs on the Footloose soundtrack.
1: You'll find this funny, Reed, but I could probably tell you more about the Dirty Dancing soundtrack than I can the Footloose soundtrack.
0: Uh, I don't find that funny at all.
1: <laughs> I have that
0: soundtrack at home. And it's a, it's a fantastic soundtrack. I think it's perfectly soundtrack. acceptable. I think it's perfectly acceptable. You can text six thirty six thirty seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I 496 63 You know what? I have to admit, and I, I I don't mean to poke fun at the young man, but I, I have to admit this clip from Conrick McDavid I find kind of amusing. Um because uh, you know hockey players kind of have standard answers that they give, and then I think here McDavid kind of catches himself saying something, and then he realizes, well, that's not actually true. He was asked about playing with Jesse um, you know, i play played a lot with Ebb's, um, you know, now with Jesse, so um, you know we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, he's got a
1: lot of good tools, and um, you know we'll see what he can do. So um, you know, I'm looking forward to the chance to be able to play with him, and um, you know with a young guy like that, you just got to talk to him, and. and um, I mean, it's hard to talk to him. He doesn't really speak any English, so um, you know, we'll we'll, uh,
0: we'll figure it out, though. <laughs> I like that. You just we just have to communicate. Oh, I just remembered. It's impossible for us to communicate. Uh, Chris Letang just wanted an overtime Penguins over the Islanders. But I I, I do like that uh, I do like that combination. Lucic, McDavid and Puglia Yarve likely to be aligned tomorrow against the Dallas Stars. And I think the uh, I think the, the I, a lot of players have gotten by with a bit of a language barrier. I think they'll be fine once they get playing together. Okay. Gore texted in He said Corner Gas worth the watch. Another text says Reed, I'm from Saskatchewan originally and I have never seen Nor do I care to see Corner Gas, so don't feel bad. Ha-ha. All right. Frustrated Fan says that was a great text. Brent's dad is the actor named Eric Peterson, who played the lead role in Street Legal and played opposite the lady who just passed away from Corner Gas. Read, Google it. You will love it. You don't have to watch uh, an episode. It was uh, a show of one-liners. That is from Frustrated Fan. We have a text here. This is a bold one. We have a text predicting a 35-6 Eskimo victory. And it's not from my mother who usually predicts Eskimo blowouts. Southside Rob says, Great poem about the Eskimos in the CFL East final. By the way, you and I both predicted that the Patriots would beat the Seahawks by the same 28-24 score in the Super Bowl and we nailed it. Yes, Southside Rob, you are correct. One of the few times in my life I've been exactly right. Southside Rob says, Hopefully the Eskimos will win by that lucky score or any other this Sunday. Great interview with Smiling Hank of the Ottawa Red Blacks. He's a class act. That is from Southside Rob. All right. Those are texts to six thirty-six Uh all right, Matthew, we're going to do this. You and I are going to do this right now. We're gonna we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to do this right now. We'll start with Calgary and BC. You you had time to think about your predictions, I hope. Oh yes, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably all you've been thinking about all day.
1: I have. You texted me like at six this morning, so I've been thinking about it since. You had me up all
0: day. Yeah, trust me, I wasn't. If that you if you got a text at six this morning, it wasn't it wasn't for me after <laughs> being here till one o'clock last night. <sighs> all right, I realize. Calgary hasn't uh, played a meaningful game in a while. I realize BC is dangerous. I think BC is very well coached. I just think Calgary has too much. They are the best organization in the league right now. I do think BC will hang around and make it interesting. I take Calgary 29-21 over the Lions.
1: You know, I think, in my opinion... That resting Bo Levi Mitchell the, the last week of the season was a mistake by Calgary, going into the playoffs in the losing mentality, and then having a week off. The BC Lions are coming off a big win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, come from behind. I'm going
0: 31-30 BC. All right, you, you really think? Okay, I have to I have to challenge you on one thing though. You really think the Calgary Stampeders have a losing mentality? Because they lost their uh, meaningless game at, after going 15-2-1. They have anything but a losing mentality. They're they the ultimate winning team this year. They are, but,
1: man, they, when you go in, uh, after a loss and you're just, you know what I mean? I know they rested a lot of they starters. They didn't care. Well, that's the problem. They not they, they haven't played in a week. They haven't played after a bye. They had a bye. They haven't played in, like, two weeks. And they went in on a loss. You know, I mean, they, they're not, I don't know. Like, the mindset going into this game, they're going to be rusty. Ain't the Lions are going to take advantage of it early. And 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 if they can do that, they can be in the game. And I think they'll keep. Were the Eskimos keep, rusty? Were the
0: Eskimos rusty last year? They had the bye in week twenty, and no. then the first round bye.
1: No, but they went in on a on a winning mentality. As far as I'm concerned, I believe they won their last game of the season. They won how many games in a row going in? Eight. They, yes, there you go. You know they could have. They could've beat uh, Calby. Could have had the record of sixteen. Or two and whatever or sixteen, one and one. They could have had the CFL record for the best record ever and decide not to go for it. I think that's a mistake in, in as far as I'm concerned by Dave Dickinson, not to go for the record. Just to keep the things going the way they were, man. I think you know it's funny with records that You know like what happened
0: that. to the team that had the record? That they has lost. the record? They lost. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like a good record like that, I think they I think Cali's gonna lose this game. Honest to goodness, I don't think Cowby's gonna You think win.
0: they're too good to win, that's your argument.
1: <laughs> no, I just think I think that BC's on a roll, and when you get a team like that on a roll going into a game, it always happens that that team comes out on top.
0: It doesn't always happen. Most of the time. It doesn't always happen.
1: I've seen it happen, right? Like, it just, well, it of just course happens, we've right? seen it
0: happen, but don't say it always happens. Well. <laughs> it doesn't always happen.
1: It happens a lot more than what people think. How's that?
0: Calgary's very good.
1: They're good, but I think BC's just played more football than them, and are going to win this game.
0: All right, here's my other one, folks. I'm picking with my head, not my heart. The Eskimos' secondary isn't good enough. Ottawa wins 26-23. Matthew,
1: 26-25. Eskimos and a nail biter, take, but they'll get it done.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love you taking one point games both times. Are yeah. you writing these down?
1: No, I see you are. So I'm
0: just yeah, but along I'm, for this the paper's ride. probably going to be recycled tomorrow.
1: No. Aw. <laughs> we'll frame it, and it'll be good to go in your office after, week, after BC, I get all the predictions 26,
0: right. 25. So I don't, I don't think, I, I think you're just predicting games that you w- would want to watch, not that you actually think are going to happen.
1: Well, to be honest with you, I'm not going to have a chance to watch this Sunday. So as I'm not in town, I'm going to be
0: watching the <clears throat> other league, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, you're going on a holiday. Weren't you just on a holiday? Yeah, I was. How do you get so many holidays? Oh. Sid's a you kind know, like man. this is thing, and I, I don't want to make some complaining because I love I, I absolutely love my job, and I'm privileged to do it. You know when my last full day off was, like last full day off where I, I didn't would have to do a lick of work. I would say October 9th. Okay, I was going to say maybe at the end of <laughs> September. So it's October 9th. and you and you've had like three weeks holidays since then.
1: Well, one week, and then now these days. <laughs> Now these days, and I got one more game to go, by the way, so.
0: Buster says Eskimos win 31-18. Sam G. Always love when Sam writes in. I miss you, Sam G. He's saying Eskimos 28-24, and I think that BC might be the team to upset Calgary. So we've had three predictions for 28-24 Eskimos. I, this, is, this is embarrassing. Well, it's not embarrassing. It's just I, 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 that, this is my level of worry about the Eskimos. I'm, I'm actually picking Ottawa. Now, let's not confuse that. I am not cheering for Ottawa, obviously, but I do feel, as someone who speaks to you on a daily basis, I, I have to be honest. I can't. I, I cheer for the home teams, but I can't just be a homer all the time and making my selections. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about this matchup with the Ottawa Red Blacks that doesn't sit well with me. So I'm taking Ottawa 26-23, and obviously I hope I am spectacularly wrong. Like spectacularly wrong. 7.43. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, uh, do you want to do a timeout, and then we'll get Taylor back on the line from the Bakersfield Condors? Let's do that. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
2: Your home for
1: breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630
0: Chad Just was checking here. This is the ninth time the crossover has come into effect in the CFL. They put it into place in 1997 where a fourth-place team could go play in the other division. It has always been a West team going East. This is the third time that the team has made the division final. The Eskimos in 2008 beat Winnipeg in the semifinal, then lost to Montreal in the East final. In 2009, BC beat Hamilton in overtime in the East semi, lost the division final to Montreal. Uh, The Eskimos were also in the crossover in 2012. They lost to Ricky Ray and the Toronto Argos after having traded Rated the Argos in the previous off season. So this is the third time in uh, nine crossovers that the West team has made the East Final. And obviously the Eskimos did have a better regular season record going into face the Red Blacks. We got a how about this? A texter identifying himself as Stephen Hawking has texted in the show. That would be incredible if it were Mr. Hawking himself, who says the Eskimos will win. to 678. Covering the spread and cashing in on the over. (laughs) Big time. If there were that many points scored. Uh, Oilers notes today, Matt Hendricks likely to play tomorrow. Chris Russell could play on defense. Anton Lander placed on waivers. Dylan Simpson sent to the American Hockey League. Drake Kajula back uh, taking part in uh, most of practice today but uh, don't think he's quite well he's not quite ready to go yet we're going to go down to Bakersfield right now that's the Oilers farm team the Condors leading scorer with 16 points in 10 games is Taylor Beck Taylor welcome to Inside Sports how are you doing I'm doing great
3: thanks for having me
0: great to have you on the show man you're having a, a great season there with the Bakersfield Condors I think you got a point in six straight games now you must be feeling pretty good
3: yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm playing well, and uh, certainly got some uh, great players surrounding me that are helping me uh, succeed offensively for sure. And we got a we got a great team. Might not be uh, achieving the game points wise as we would hope, but uh, I mean we got a great team, and I think it's just about time that we're about to break out.
0: I, I know you. I know uh, there's been some injuries to your team, and obviously some guys called up and down, including you. But what line mates uh, have you had during this streak here?
3: Uh, I've played with uh, Newberry and Hamilton. Hamilton pretty much the whole time, and uh, Kara when he's been uh, he's been healthy, and he just got back uh, last game, and it's certainly been great playing with them. Uh, all strong guys. We've uh, we've done well in the offensive zone, and all great playmakers, and hold on to the puck well, and it's certainly been fun.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, how did you like the uh, the field trip day game you guys had earlier in the week? I know you weren't able to get the win, and I think it started at 10.30 in the morning, which, yeah. is, which is a time you're usually practicing or getting dressed for practice, and you had to play a yeah. game at that time. What was it like?
3: <laughs> it, it is a little bit tough. I've, I played one before uh, a few years ago when I was uh, with the Milwaukee Admirals, so I had played one before, but it, it's it's definitely – Definitely different. Like you're, you're normally ready for practice around that time, like you said, and skate out to the ice at 10:30. And I think there was 8,000 screaming kids there, so it was a fun atmosphere to play in. Unfortunate, it didn't get the win. Um, But it was uh, certainly a fun game to play.
0: I don't know how much, if you're one of those guys that notices the crowd or not when he plays, I think everybody's a little different, but did the game sound differently with with the younger vocal cords and probably a different uh, energy level with all those youngsters? Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. I I think I noticed the the crowd intensity and and sounds that they make and it was uh, it was definitely fun to play and they were whenever there was a hit or we had a chance they were uh, they were screaming so it was a fun game
0: to play in all right well that's cool stuff taylor beck joining us on inside sports tell me a little bit about uh, i mean tell Oilers fans a little bit about your uh, your early life I, I think you were born in niagara falls so did you did you grow up there most of the time or where did you grow up and play most of your minor hockey
3: yeah, I grew up right around Niagara Falls and uh, St. Catharines for the most part, about an hour away from Toronto. And uh, I had certainly had a great uh, great teams growing up. We won the Ontario Hockey Federation and uh, I think it was Major Peewee. And that was in Niagara Falls. And got to meet some lifelong friends during those years and was fortunate enough to get drafted to a great team in the Gulf Storm. And that was uh, that was awesome and never really looked back from there.
0: You know, I've always wondered what it's like for people living in Niagara Falls because I've visited as a tourist probably three or four times. You know, it's such a yeah. – so for the people who live there, is it just like, yeah, big waterfall, what's the big deal?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I drive past it maybe a couple times a week, and I don't even know if I look anymore, to tell you the <laughs> truth. But it, it, it's always funny to see people come from out of town and going to do all these Niagara Falls, tourist attractions. I don't even think I've done half of them myself. So it's uh, it's pretty fun to live there, but uh, it's like any other waterfall to me now.
0: <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about the uh, the decision to join the Oilers uh, in in the summer. I, I know you finished up last year. Um, with the uh, avalanche organization uh, and then you mm-hmm. became a, fr- a free agent just uh you know tell me a little bit about the options and then why the oilers decided to be or turned out to be the right choice for you
3: yeah uh certainly i took my time to weigh uh, out all the options and stuff but i mean the oilers just have such a promising organization so many young uh young guys coming up and um i mean it was kind of just a no-brainer i mean it I knew they had a great AHL program in case it came to that, and it's been absolutely everything that uh, I thought it would be so far. It was great when I was up for that uh, last week and uh, met a lot of the guys and all great guys and all great coaches and seems to be a great organization so far.
0: I mean, we got to just see a glimpse of you, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, um, and I know you've played, uh, I think, now 89 games in the NHL, so just tell fans when you're on your game what what you bring to a team? What's working for you when you're having a good night?
3: Yeah, I think a power forward, uh, shin the puck, skating well, finishing my checks. But uh, I mean, I, I like to create offense, and it's been it's uh, been fun here so far in Bakersfield. And um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Well-rounded game, take pucks to the net, shoot the puck, and uh, I mean, anything I can move up and down the lineup. So it's uh, a great fit so far.
0: Yeah, right on. Well, and it, and you know, further to that, what 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 are some of your short term goals here to work on? Because hey, I mean, you're playing pro hockey, so you want to play full time in the NHL, I assume. So, what what gets you into the NHL uh, on a regular basis? You think what what do you have to uh, maybe hone or improve in your game that you're after?
3: Yeah, I think just completely, just keep uh, working at everything. Um, just a well rounded game. Uh, trying to work on my defensive part of the game as much as like, I can. Yeah. I mean, every year since I turned pro, about 20 years old. And, uh, yeah, just keep working on everything, keep getting better every day. And that's, uh, that's definitely the key. All
0: right. Uh, now I believe you also enjoy spending some time on the golf course. So how's that part that's of your life correct. going? Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, ended up lucky being, uh, California. I mean, if you're going to be in the uh, AHL, California is a good spot to be. And, uh, 80 degree weather pretty much every day so I've uh, I've been getting out as much as I can a few of the guys like to get out and uh, and play and they have some nice courses around here I'm not going to say I've been great recently but it's uh, certainly been fun to play during the season
0: well I've shared uh, over the summer I shared a few of my golf stories with. With listeners, and it was actually kind of neat doing that because you get you know I got people texting in about working on their games or telling me I was too serious or not serious enough. So, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> what yeah. are you? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I I like to I like to go for fun. When I'm serious, I I don't seem to hit the ball too straight. I mean, when I seem <laughs> to uh, you have just voice go out there and have fun. That's when I seem to put my uh,
0: best shots. Right on. Okay. Uh, so what you guys are back on the ice tomorrow?
3: Yeah, yeah. Saturday night. It's uh, going to be a good game. we got to bounce back here and looking forward to it.
0: Okay, well, Taylor, great to get to know you a little bit, and uh, I'll say hi next time you're up with the Oilers. I really appreciate your time.
3: Awesome, thank you very much. Have a great day.
0: Taylor Beck, he and the Bakersfield Condors play Stockton tomorrow night. We have the Oilers and the Stars. Tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show. The game starts at 5. Eskimos and Red Blacks Sunday morning, 9.30 pregame show. Kickoff at 11 as the Eskimos try to make the Grey Cup for the second straight year. Oil Kings in Kootenai, no score early in the second period. Raptors lead the Nuggets 48-47 late in the first half. In the NHL tonight, the Penguins beat the Islanders 3-2 in overtime. Capitals edge the Red Wings one zip. Blue Jackets over the Rangers 4-2. The Hurricanes are up 3-1 on the Habs, late in the third and second period about to start in Calgary. Chicago up 1-0 on the Flames. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, the executive producer is Sid Smith. Your studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashek. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you for the Oilers game tomorrow.
3: When venture, just so if you want